Hello, listeners. Welcome back to ASMR Quest. We're trying out a slightly different format this week. I'm John Tyler, and I've got my co-host, uh, Ian. You can introduce yourself. We did not really fix this part of the podcast. <laughs> John, my name is Ian, and I'm here to say, in the year 2018, what anime girl are you? <laughs> I promise. John, 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 we don't need to, John, we do not apologize. We do not point out our shortcomings. We answer the simple and direct question, which has been given to us in the year 2018, which anime girl are you? Um, I'm not sure that I am an anime girl, but if I, you know, sort of gun to my head i think i think i might have to go with squid girl fascinating choice would you yeah. care to elaborate what? on why is um, it the only anime girl you can think of well yes that is a part of it um <laughs> i mean i can think of others mm-hmm. i can't think of any others who really speak to me mm-hmm. um, actually i guess i could have picked one of the other characters from squid girl except that i don't remember their names mm-hmm. um I I like that they are silly. Um I you know I mean there's a lot to like about about Squid Girl. Um I you got to like the puns. You got to like the supernatural powers. Mm-hmm. Um she you got to like squid hair. Yeah. Got to like that she's like the queen of the sea or something. I don't remember what her title is. Um you got to love that she's here to invade humanity. Mhm. Um, I mean, and the other character, she's got a great supporting cast as well. Um, she makes a lot of great friends, uh, with strong personalities of their own. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think it's just a, a, a great underappreciated show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, definitely one of the few things that I could think of because while I am aware of anime because I have a lot of friends who are very into it, I myself am not particularly into anime. Nothing against it, I'm just not really a big fan so it's difficult for me to just sort of off the cuff think of my favorite anime girl or not my favorite but the one that is me that i would be in 2018 in particular in, tw- in 2018 <laughs> in particular well john i have to say i'm very proud of you thank you for <laughs> tackling that question head on with the respect that it deserved and did you have a response for that question well john no one asked me that question and so I cannot respond to a question which was not asked of me. <laughs> yes, John? What, what anime girl would you be in 2018? John, what a fantastic question. <laughs> in the year 2018, I'll tell you what, since you are Squid Girl, I will be Princess Jellyfish. <laughs> I'm not really familiar with Princess Jellyfish. I've heard the name. Well, I don't know who that is or what she's from. Princess Jellyfish is not actually an anime girl. But is the name of an anime about an anime girl? Well, I guess in the anime, she is not an anime girl, but just a girl. Um, <laughs> she is, in particular, a a neat, which is a Japanese class of people uh, who are not employed in education or training. So they're basically just not doing anything with their lives. And okay. she lives uh, in an apartment building. With a bunch of other 
young Japanese neat women. And they all have their various hobbies and obsessions. And her hobby slash obsession is jellyfish. And I guess <laughs> it's a it's a it's a an entertaining and sort of heartwarming show. And I would recommend huh. that in the year twenty eighteen <laughs> our listeners watch Princess Jellyfish. And that is why I am Princess Jellyfish in the year twenty eighteen. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, Ian, uh, are you ready to move into our first segment this week? Well, John. Notable vids? According to this spreadsheet I have laid before me, <laughs> outlining this episode in a very professional manner, I would have to note that Notable Vids is, in fact, the third segment of the show. <laughs> All right, that's true. We we did start with AS, the ASMR disclaimer and then the intro. And now, are you ready to move on to the third segment of the show, Notable Vids? I am, John. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I had I had two Notable Vids, or really one Notable Vid and one Notable Vid series mm-hmm. that I, I, I brought to the table, as you can see in this uh, episode outline before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we should probably stop referencing because the listeners cannot see it. Yep. We don't want to <laughs> fall into our old traps. <laughs> uh, so the first video I want to talk about is um, GB released an ASMR Overwatch gameplay video, which I watched quite a bit of last night. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of an interesting uh, way to do an ASMR video. Um, I mean, you know, certainly other ASMR artists have definitely done... Uh, different sorts of like asmr gameplay videos mm-hmm. um overwatch is sort of a an unusual choice in that it is um generally a fairly stressful game i think yeah it seems like it'd be uh, a poor choice i remember there was an asmr playthrough of stardew valley that i had seen and that seemed yeah. like a pretty a pretty good sort of fit in that stardew valley is a very contemplative relaxing game but yeah. overwatch is sort of the the classic game that someone's playing it in the other room and you know they are because they're screaming the whole time. <laughs> um. Yes. Uh, so, um, I, I've, I've got to say, like, I think Chibi did do a pretty good job with it. Like, she she did a very good job staying calm the whole time and, like, keeping herself composed and whispering while playing. Because she, it wasn't a, uh, like, sort of... I was initially thinking that she had recorded some gameplay... And was doing a, and was talking over it after the, the fact, or alternatively was spectating someone else playing and, uh, giving some commentary while spectating. But no, she was doing it while playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really kept her composure, which again was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, still probably not like the, the ideal game for, uh, ASMR. Although I think it was also largely, um, a way of her, for her to like try to advertise the G, the GB cup. Mm-hmm. Um, the GB occurred. Grand Prix. Uh, no, the GB Cup. The GB Prix. The name of it. it. It's the GB Cup. Is the proper well, John, name. It's not anything uh, now because it's over. <laughs> That's true. It is over. It was her Overwatch tournament. It occurred this past weekend. I did watch quite. A, I watched quite a bit of it, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, GB organized it, and she was one of the two uh, commentators for it. And I, I thought she did a pretty solid job, especially for her first ever like commentary position for Overwatch. Was there commentary in the form of ASMR? Uh, No, it was regular uh, esports commentary. 
Having watched it, John, do you feel that the um, level of competitive play you witnessed was sort of up to snuff? Uh, well, that's a great question, Ian. Um, I would say as someone who is myself very bad at Overwatch and who doesn't really watch a lot of people play Overwatch, that it was, uh, it was quality gameplay. Okay. Um, if you are someone who is very good at Overwatch or who is like super engrossed in watch or like watches a ton of pros, it's probably not that good, but, um, I thought it was pretty solid. Well, John. While you were watching your foolish ASMR artists playing a child's game of Overwatch, <laughs> I was busy this weekend watching videos for adults. That's Such right, as? John. I was watching uh, AGDQ, Awesome Games Done Quick. Okay. It only comes <laughs> twice a year, and it goes by fast. It well, does go by fast. Ironically enough, for, for Games Done Quick, <laughs> it is a week-long live stream. <laughs> But, you know, depending on how you think about it, you know, a week can be a long time or a very short time. Yeah, only two weeks a year. Let me tell you, some people played some games pretty rapidly. Not really any relation to ASMR, but... Well, Ian, I just have a... Maybe it does have a nice segue into a video I see you added as a notable <laughs> vid. <laughs> John, that is a very good segue that I did not even notice. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I wish I had introduced. Um, so the, the video that I wanted to highlight this week is by a familiar friend. Uh, and I think now I will I will go so far as to call him my personal ASMRist. That's right. It's a ghetto ASMR. The ASMRist that I, I signal boosted in our last episode. <laughs> who did the um, shoveling out the Hoth base. The mm-hmm. Star Wars ASMR video where he was just shoveling. <laughs> tossing snow over his head with reckless abandon well john he's no longer playing around in the snow now he's doing adult asmr (laughs) because one important thing about being an adult john is that you don't have a lot of time adults are busy right they've got all sorts of things we're close to death Mm -hmm. they're so close to death john they can see the the skeletal smile of the reaper (laughs) <laughs> in every reflective surface that they look. He's right behind their shoulder, John. They keep looking over, but they can't can't quite seem to get a glance at him. Um and so they've gotta they've gotta produce, they've gotta consume, and they've gotta consume rapidly, John. Well Ghetto ASMR understands these concerns. And that's why he released this fantastic video, Rapid Speed ASMR. It is seven minutes of the fastest, quickest, most agile, and most rapid speed ASMR that you've ever heard. Literally four times faster than man, because I edited the sound to four times faster than regular. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you, John, I I watched through this video, and first off, I've got to agree with him. It is the fastest, quickest, most (laughs) agile ASMR that I've ever seen. Yeah, Um, I watched a bit of it as well, and I I concur. (laughs) Although, I don't think... So first off, you know, I myself am a a busy adult, and so I watch all my videos at two times speed, and so I was actually watching this at eight times normal (laughs) speed. And the sound didn't really survive very well. (laughs) There were points of time, even when I was watching it at the regular recommended four times speed, um, it seemed like there were periods of time where it was just, it sort of got a little too high pitch, or just the, the speed up reduced the volume somehow. I just couldn't mm. get great volume out of it. Uh, I feel like um, 
at least for the sections that I watched, I, I that wasn't an issue. Uh, and I, w- I was actually surprised that, like, a lot of the stuff he was doing still, like, translated very well to four times speed. Um, like, I, I didn't feel like it really lost its effectiveness for being sped up, which surprised me. Hmm. Interesting. Did you get tingles at four times normal speed? Um, well, I only watched, like, a minute of it while talking to you, mm-hmm. so... So the <laughs> no, answer is... But... Like, well, I think that that's sort of a more of an issue of the location than the video itself. Or the okay. setting than the video itself. Well, John, I would like you to go back and watch this video in a more relaxed setting and see if you do, in fact, get tingles from it. If those tingles occur faster... <laughs> or that is the onset of the tingles is shorter than usual and if the um sort of radiation of the tingles is also faster because i think that would be a fascinating discovery if it was all right fascinating good. and highly implausible <laughs> does not seem likely but I'll, I'll do it and i'll report back next week uh and for our final notable vids no john, uh, this one is the john, john, oh. gotta do a segue we gotta do a segue and the segue is and <laughs> As I was talking about uh, speedrunning recently, speedrunning is, of course, a very popular video game phenomenon. Another video game phenomenon is VR chat. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to our final Which naturally notable... brings us in an organic manner. <laughs> to our final notable vid for this week, which is a series. Uh, it is the Roaming Virtual Barber series. Um, which you may have heard about. I feel like it's been getting a fair bit of attention, although Has not it? a ton of views. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've definitely seen it referenced in multiple places. Um, okay. I've, so I'm, you know, I've, I've only heard about it today. Looking through several of the videos, I'm not seeing that any of them have much more than like, you know, two to four thousand views. And not any individual one, but there are quite a few of them. And I'm wondering if maybe. Uh, there's not much it's not the, in the viewership yeah maybe it's not the same people watching all of them maybe a lot of different people have seen different videos it does um, seem so like the views have... are going up over time which is sort of uncommon um with multi-part video series mm. on youtube where typically you know the first couple episodes have the bulk of the views and everything else is is, is much smaller here right. it seems like yeah, I mean, you know, episode 10 has over 5,000 views, which is more than any of the first several. In any case, um, it's a series where uh, the ASM artist uh, goes into VR chat and gives virtual, uh, like, haircut role plays to other people in VR chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a, a, a bit of a couple of these. And I was really impressed by the the detail uh, in these videos. Um, like he he's really careful and gentle about like trying to get his hand his virtual hands to match up with the other person's virtual head. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's interestingly enough, it seems more intimate, I guess, than like any other uh haircutting roleplay ASMR video I've seen, or even, like, any, like, real uh, haircutting ASMR video I've seen. Uh, Well, I think there's a couple of things going into this. Um, One, I think it's interesting in that this is, you know, this is a roleplay, right? But it's a roleplay in a sort of non-traditional manner, in that the typical typical ASMR roleplay we would experience is, you know, you've got the ASMR artist who's, who's sort of being the actor... And, you know, basically the camera and microphone setup, which is the recipient. 
And yes. the role play is sort of we project ourselves into the role of the uh, the camera or the microphone. Yeah, the person receiving the haircut in most cases. Mm-hmm. In most cases. <laughs> I'd like to see the other way, where we're the <laughs> ones giving the haircut. I guess it's really only when there's just sort of two people and you're, you're watching rather than mm-hmm. participating. But in this case, um, you know, like... The, the the format of these videos is he goes into VR chat, he finds a presumably willing uh, recipient and well, delivers. Well, I can't imagine they're not willing because they do just stand perfectly still for a while and let him do fa- uh, give them fake haircuts. Mm-hmm. And so he's actually like you know he's having he's talking with these people. I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. You know, first in that. It breaks the sort of typical dynamics. Uh, we are no longer projecting ourselves into sort of the ultimate passive recipient of action, you know, the the, the inanimate objects which record that action. But yeah. instead, we're projecting ourselves possibly into the the role of an actual person. Um, this actual person is not, you know, not not a professional ASM artist in any of the videos that I've seen. Um, they actually typically have like you know a sort of. You know, what you might imagine a standard VR setup, right? Like they've they've got presumably a fancy enough computer, a VR headset, and they're just sort of walking around, chatting into a shitty mic. Yeah, <laughs> which I I wonder what what do you think these could serve as legitimate ASMR videos? I think that they could. Um, I mean, you know, compare this to a lot of like unintentional ASMR. Um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, people who. Uh, prefer videos of um, like chiropractic adjustments or actual um, like haircutting scenarios or um, massages or things like that to any sort of role play. Mm-hmm. Um, like for a lot of people, it's like much more effective, at least in video forms, to watch someone receive sort of uh, to watch someone receive care than to pretend to receive it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so my, I think it, my concern isn't um, with sort of the fact that you are watching someone receive something as opposed to implicitly receiving it yourself, but the the sort of big disparity in recording quality. Right. I will, so I, I would still say that, like, that's not an issue for a lot of people. Um, I mean, it certainly is a lot of an issue for a lot of people, but there are also a lot of people who, for whom that's not an issue. I mean, you think back to, uh, the, the, the cosmic barber, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where most of those videos are just shot on like a cell phone or something. And, you know, there's a very noisy background and you can, you can hear like the honking and people on the street and everything. Um, so, so if, so if, so for people who like, I guess prefer more sort of visual, um, stimuli. I don't think that the audio is really a, an issue. And then I also will say that, like, while the mic audio isn't, or like the voice audio isn't great, the sort of like in-game audio is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the effects of the spray bottle and stuff like that. Also, um, to be to, to to be fair to um, Mind Theater, the ASM artist here, I think his mic quality is actually exceptional. Oh yes, yes, I agree. I'm, I'm I was pretty blown away watching these videos because i don't think i've ever it sounded like someone had sort of dubbed over some sort of gameplay video with a professional voice actor he's got an incredible it voice. did oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah it's really just the people he's talking to yeah. who like it's just sort of funny because will... like you know you're, you'll you'll hear what what you know 
I think would be passable is like professionally produced sound. Yeah, it, it really end. does sound like it was like ripped from some sort of like cartoon or something or like I, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it it does not. It sounds very out of place compared yeah. to all these people on shitty mics. And then you know, it'll just it'll switch over to the other person talking, and you know they're, they're talking into what is essentially an electronic potato. <laughs> I think that that covers our notable vids for this week. So we're going to move on to ASMR news. Uh, I don't believe we have all that much to say here. Um, just sort of two quick things to bring up. It's been a popping uh, news in the ASMR community. There's been a lot of... John, we got to... <laughs> the, the thing that I think you're missing is that we need to sort of take a more clickbaity approach to the news. The, the, mm, I see. The, the media yeah. right now, it's clickbaits, listicles are very hot. So, John, you won't believe uh, these Ian, 11 Ian, pieces. Um, before we get back to – I also just wanted to mention that, like, um, my, my way of phrasing that was also sort of a, supposed to be, like, a subtle cue to you that we kind of need to, like, speed things up a little bit. But, John, not spend, only... like, a really long time on every single item on this list because it's a very long list, as we were discussing before we started recording. But, John, how else are we going to have a two-hour episode? <laughs> No. So, John, you won't believe these 11 extreme pieces of ASMR news. I certainly will not believe these 11 extreme pieces of ASMR news, because I'm not seeing 11 things here. Uh, let's start with uh, with Cardi B. Uh, I believe it was last week we briefly mentioned Cardi B and that she had done um, a little, a, a brief ASMR rendition of one of her songs on a radio show. Uh, and at the time, I said that I was you know, happy to have her be a fan of the show, happy that she was in the ASM army. And, uh, Ian was saying he, you know, wasn't sure that he was a fan because he just wasn't really familiar with her music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not really fa- all that familiar with her music at that point. I'd heard like a couple songs a little bit. Uh, still not super familiar, but I've listened to a few more things since then. And I've got to say, I'm definitely a fan so far. Mm-hmm. So that was all I had to say about Cardi B's that I do like her music. Well, John, I also realized after saying that I didn't know anything about Cardi B's music, well, you know, some of my some of my friends went on to tell me that Cardi B is quite the sensation right now. She's very hot um, right now. That's true, yes. And so I took it upon myself to educate myself. And so today I was listening to Dr. Lonnie Smith, a jazz organist um, who was really big, Back in the 60s. And let me tell you, John, I'm a big fan of Dr. Lonnie Smith. I would recommend that all of our listeners go out and, and check out Dr. Lonnie Smith. Uh, in particular, is the... I mean, I guess I just listened to his stuff on, on Spotify. There was a an album released in 2013, Octet in the Beginning, Volumes 1 and 2. And it's really high quality. Strongly all recommend. Right. Good to know. Um, I did not listen to any Cardi B because... I do not like that sort of music. <laughs> uh, I, did, our... I did actually, no, I did listen to, I think, a Cardi B song or two. It reminds me of, um, who was that person who was a fairly popular pop musician, and she would, like, do all the voices? She, like, Nicki Minaj? Of, yeah, Nicki Minaj. She reminded me of Nicki Minaj. <laughs> laughing about john <laughs> you didn't know who Nicki minaj was i didn't know who she you, was like, john i said like, i she was the one who was all the name. voices i mean the fact she's that got you, the like, personas the fact that like 
Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, watch out. Am I supposed to remember every name? Am I, I mean, supposed to know like everyone? Pretty fucking big. Is she? When was the last time she released an album? I'm actually not sure when her last album release was, but yeah, she is still very big. She still gets played a lot. Well, John, not uh, on the Spotify very big deal. that I listen to, which are the Spotify Discover channels that Spotify's various machine learning <laughs> algorithms have tuned specifically for my taste. <laughs> you know who doesn't show up, John? Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Do you know why, John? Because that's not the sort of music that I listen to. <laughs> no judgment for the people who enjoy it. Yep, it's perfectly fine music, probably. <laughs> Certainly a lot of people who like it. Nothing inherently wrong with it. Not for me. <laughs> Dr. Lonnie Smith, for me. Uh, our other piece of ASMR news this week. Mm-hmm. Cosmopolitan released an article. Well, uh, article is well, a generous term, John. <laughs> generous, right, generous fair. term. Alright. So, the title of this was, Do You Have ASMR? Watch these beauty YouTube videos to find out. By Laura Capon, Capon, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It is spelled C-A-P-O-N. So this was from Cosmopolitan, like I said. The general gist of the article is it's talking about how, um, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of makeup videos on YouTube. And despite the vast, like, how much variety there is, this author has become a little bored of many of them. And she recently discovered ASMR uh, makeup videos, uh, in part because ASMR Darling recently, uh, I believe, had some sponsored makeup videos, which I gotta say, good for her. Um, and also, you know, it's exciting that uh, makeup companies are recognizing ASMR and uh, trying to get in on it. Uh, and so she, so, so Laura Capon. Uh, Discovered ASMR makeup videos recently, and she got super into them. And the real reason I wanted to bring this up is that she was presenting it in part because she was sort of interested and excited about ASMR, but less so than most of the other articles I've seen that are like, what's ASMR? This is what ASMR is. She was kind of presenting it more as like a binge-worthy obsession than like a nice way to relax. Like she said, like the the sort of general tone of the article was that the author was really interested in ASMR videos and just was like binge watching them mm-hmm. and just got super into them. And I just thought that that was like a fun, different take on, uh, on ASMR. So I really just wanted to bring it up for that. And that's pretty much all I had to say. So I think yeah. I am ready to move on. Well, I'm not, John. Unless you had something to add, yeah. I'm ready to all dig right. in. Of course you're not. I'm ready to... <laughs> I'm ready to dig in to the comment that it's it's good for ASMR Darling that she has these sponsored videos, John. I don't think that's good. (laughs) I think that's bad. Because I think that sponsored content is just just a plague on society. It should be destroyed. It's it's not the best in most cases, but it is good for her financially. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's objectively true, yes. <laughs> but, you know, it would be good for her financially, right, if she went out and robbed a bank. But that's not good for society, John. <laughs> that's not good for the common man. So it doesn't really matter to the common man, because banks have insurance. 
I guess it, it raises the insurance rates of banks, which is bad, but I mean, banks also get most of their money from corporate clientele. But anyway, <laughs> I am not, not going to stand by and let people <laughs> praise sponsored content, John. Sponsored content is just the latest way that various, various media advertisers are trying to corrupt the normal functioning of society, trying to inject their perverted worldviews into our, into our daily operation, and making advertising an inescapable part of modern life, John. I think it's disgusting, I think it's reprehensible, and I think that ASMR Darling should be ashamed of herself. <laughs> oh, man. I'm really taking a strong stance I'm taking there. a strong in particular, stance. I, I think it's particularly your, uh, uh, when you started to attack ASMR Darling that I, I'm not sure I can stand with you anymore, Ian. <laughs> John uh, Ashton, don't stand with Ian. <laughs> That's this week's uh, tweetable topic. <laughs> That's right, listeners. Please tweet out at hashtag don't stand with Ian to let us know about your lack of support of my, frankly, radical claims. Well, no, I mean, I think... I don't know. I, I, I think you do have a point. Um, but I, I also, say, like, what's, I, what's, I'm definitely not gonna... What's not reprehensible about this, and why I do think that it's sort of my statement about it being despicable is, is, is in jest, is the fact that these are, these are clearly labeled sponsored content videos. Yeah. I do think that it's, I'm certainly not pleased with sponsored content, and I do find it to be um, sort of unsettling in that it it seems to be a normalization of the fusion of advertisement and and normal sort of commercial procedures. But, you know, it's better than her slyly taking money under the table and just talking about how much she happens to enjoy this thing. I do think that, that advertising in general is not a good thing. I don't like it. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think that it's necessary. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think that it's I don't think it's like a necessary evil. I think it's just something that's happened. But Yeah. I mean, without it we would definitely have to start paying for a lot more stuff. Ah, but, but it would be so worth like... it, John. It would be so yeah. worth it. Because like here the the thing that always boggles my mind. Like we'd have to we'd have to start paying for stuff, right? I mean, yeah, we're already paying for things in terms of having worse experiences and, you know, sacrificing parts of our attention and time for advertising. But just the thing of it is, it's such a bad rate of return. Like, the (laughs) amount of money generated by ads is just laughably small. And it's only only feasible as a, a form of, like, revenue because of the sheer number of eyes these things can attract. And that's why clickbait and all that sort of stuff is, has been blowing up. Oh, um, yeah, that's definitely true. And it's just, you know, it's the thing, like, you can take millions and millions of views, millions of people dedicating, you know, part of their day to experiencing something, you know, seeing a, a 30-second ad roll or, or looking at a banner ad, and that will translate to, like, you know, maybe 500 bucks or something. Just a laughably small amount of money. Such a terrible rate of return relative <laughs> to like, if you just, if you were to take someone, just like say, you know what, you, we can imagine a lottery system, right? Like I open up this webpage and it says, sorry, you've been selected as the <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> you've got to do one hour of work for us. 
if you imagine that hour of work generates like a minimum wage revenue of product, the 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 number of hours that people would have to work relative to the amount of hours that people watch advertisements, it would be a shocking ratio. <laughs> like we are we are selling ourselves so short when we engage in advertisement. I just find it very sort of unpleasant from both an economic and an ideological perspective. All right. Well, this has been uh, our that's the end of our new advertising podcast. That's the end of the new um, weekly segment. Interestingly, not bi-weekly like this podcast, but a weekly segment <laughs> where I rail against advertisements. Um, All right. Uh, so let's move on to our next segment then. Hot goss. So this is the segment where we talk about the hot goss on forums. Mostly the subreddit, the ASMR subreddit. Because if we don't know of any other ASMR forums, if you know about ASMR forums that are <laughs> hot to goss about, let us know. Uh, so, Ian, uh, let's skip this first one and do that last, because I think that one's the most interesting. Well, John, that's a pretty extreme claim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ian is upset because that was the one that I added, and the other things are all things that Ian added, but I think he, uh, if pressed, would agree that it is the most interesting one. So, John, my first question for you, deep voice in ASMR? Um... Yeah, so that was uh, one of the... No, John, no. Uh, I'm sorry. We're okay. going to do this um, sort of... What's the family feud style? So, uh, I, so you've got to guess one of the top responses. <laughs> Deep voice and uh, ASMR? Um, I, I looked at this earlier, but now I don't remember. Um, I think Fred's voice was mentioned on here at some point, but I think that might have been in the original question that he was mentioned. That is correct. Okay. So I think that that's, I mean, that's even better than the top. That is true. It's even better. (laughs) It's not even an answer to the question. It's part of the question itself. Uh, Yeah. What do you think about people with deep voices in ASMR? Uh, I don't have a... Hate them? (laughs) I don't have a ton of exposure to it, but I definitely think it could be good. Um, Fred's voice was one of the ASMR artists who participated in the Secret Santa uh, and I really enjoyed his video, uh, or his Secret Santa video, and I intend to watch more of his videos in the uh-huh. future. Okay. Now, John, I believe you wanted to wrap up this um, hot goss with an ASMR subreddit finding of your own. Yes, that is correct. Uh, so, um, and it... <clears throat> see. An interesting thing that I found on the ASMR subreddit was a uh, stickied post, I believe, uh, about the Tingles app. The official title was Our Statement on the Tingles app and Our Rule Regarding It. Uh, this was a post about um, the mod's position on the Tingles app, which is an app. Uh, it's an ASMR app. Um, the, essentially the summary is that, uh, the Tingles app launched, uh, I think like a, about a year ago, excuse me, um, and essentially it was an app 
that allowed you to watch um ASMR videos but sort of in the background or like with your screen locked on your phone uh and without ads. Now you may wonder how they managed to uh do that since that is generally not possible with YouTube. Um what they they did it by violating the YouTube terms of service as well as um copyright law uh-huh. by uh <laughs> using <laughs> essentially just using sort of backdoors to uh, still play the videos that were hosted on YouTube, so they didn't have to pay for the hosting themselves, uh, but to use backdoors to allow it to be played in the background or with your screen locked, and also to not get the permission of any of the uh, ASM artists, and to uh, you know prevent the ads from being played, which means that the uh, ASM artists are not getting... Uh, revenue from the ads or from YouTube Red subscriptions because they're using this app. And it also, uh, I don't believe shows up in like their metrics, which are useful in like how YouTube determines, uh, how much money to send to ASM artists or just any, anyone who uploads stuff to YouTube. Uh, so, um, you know, shady, also illegal practices. Um, you know, copyright infringement is, is, um, illegal. And that's how the Tingles app got started. Uh-huh. Um, they apparently, so th- there had been sort of a ban on, uh, posts regarding Tingles app for a while. In particular, like, things specifically meant to advertise the Tingles app. Um, and then recently the, uh, people who, uh, work on the Tingles app reached out to the subreddit to try to get that ban lifted. Um, because they had removed all of the content from their app that was not that they didn't have permission for, um, and so they were now trying to get the ban lifted. And the uh, moderators decided not to do that because, um, well, yes, they had um, removed all of the content they didn't have permission for, so they were now in compliance with copyright law. They still were kind of acting a little shady like they well my impression reading the statement is that they although they did do that the the basic response is that well it took you like a really long time to do that and so we're not quite going to trust you yeah well so it wasn't it took them a very long time to do it they weren't really owning up to it they were sort of like making excuses and like sort of trying to divert attention. Um, and they also didn't do anything to make up for it. Like, you know, if you fuck up, you're stealing from people, essentially, for, like, a year. You can't just stop stealing. Trump! And then, like, be open, like, welcome back in with open arms. Like, you have to do something to, like, make up for it. You have to, to do, to make some sort of action, do some sort of action to sort of get people back on your side you know it's like trust once you lose it you don't just like you have to work to get it back uh and they have not worked to get it back they just at least in the short term stopped doing the like very obviously wrong thing that they were doing Mm -hmm. well so i i I actually um while you were describing i downloaded the tingle inc app Wait, no, the, the whole point of this was to tell people not to use it. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, John, I've got good news and I've got bad news. 
The good news is that I downloaded it. The bad news is that... Oh, no, that's the bad news. Um, yeah, that, that was the bad news. The good news is that I, I don't actually see what their revenue model is. Because I'm not seeing any ads. I mean, maybe if I play a video, like an ad would... But the whole point of this, right, is that like the, the videos are ad-free, right? Because ads... Yeah, I think it's... I think there is... I think they are planning to do like some sort of subscription model. Yeah. Well, I'll uninstall the app just so I trash their uh, their um, metric. Do people do people care about like length of download metrics or length of use in app metrics, or is it all about like downloads? I'm not sure. Well, they also don't have a very good rating. They've only got three stars, which is one of the lowest rated apps I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, I bet it's a lot of Heather Feather fans. Because that was actually one of the other things I wanted to mention about this uh, post is uh, I, there's a couple of um, ASM artists who are posting here, but uh, um, Heather Feather is one of them. Her username on Reddit is uh, Sailor Shell. Now, actually, John, but actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out here and say this. So the one of the the most helpful review. Um, as determined by the Google Play Store, is by um, a Google Play user who's who's entreating us, please read. Others don't like it, because the app originally had more artists, but then didn't have their permission, so had to remove. They just didn't know, but now are gradually rebuilding and trying to get more artists properly. Which I think is an interesting, an interesting statement. Apparently, the Tingles app people just didn't know. <laughs> Well, that is uh, strictly false. Um, as John, uh, <laughs> did anyone tell them? Did anyone oh. ask them to remove their videos? Oh, um, yes, Heather Feather, in fact, did. Uh, as as many other ASM artists, um, but Heather Feather has several uh, comments in this thread, um, and she is uh, pretty vicious. And I really enjoy it. Because, you know, you get so used to seeing all these ASM artists, you know, being friendly and happy and polite and calm. You don't really see their other side. So it's it's kind of fun to see Heather Feather's sort of angry, sassy side. Just, like, calling the Tingles people on their bullshit. And you going into a lot of detail. Um, I mean, the post I'm looking at right now is pretty long. Um, but, let's see, it sort of starts off, um, well, so the, this post starts, the first time I reached out to you guys about your problematic business practices was eight months ago. After learning what you have continued to do and seeing the way you have tried to spin this, I feel the need to ask some questions. Now, if you continue to read, most of her questions aren't questions so much as... In the traditional uh, sense. Uh, yeah, so much as just sort of airing grievances. <laughs> Less of an intervention and more of an imposition, you might say. Uh, yeah, so for instance, she goes on to say, A year ago, you were told you were stealing from creators in this thread. And she has linked to the thread. You ignored what people were saying and continued without making any changes. Uh, next paragraph. Not necessarily a question. <laughs> um... Eight months ago, I told you that you couldn't do what you were doing with other people's content and requested my content be removed from your app. You can find this here, with a link. You assured me that you were going to get permission from people. However, you continue to use others' work in exactly the same way. 
not necessarily a question. Actually, no. She so she lists all a bunch of grievances, and then she does have some questions uh, towards the end. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, she she lists a, a lot of uh, you know complaints with with uh, references, um, and then she has something, uh, and then she sort of lists them back out again in like a quick sort of list form and then says so my questions are uh why should the community that you have been comfortable taking advantage of time and again support your endeavors why should anyone consider what you're saying now when you have a history of not being forthright in your words or actions um and then uh those those are sort of the two big ones but there's a a lot of text uh before that uh calling them out I, I I really enjoyed that. Well, so. I gotta say, I uh, they've I've seen that the Tingles app has fifty to one hundred thousand installs, which seems like a pretty large number for the ASMR community. Hmm. Um, I feel bad that I've added to them. <laughs> I feel a deep sense of shame. I do think you know for for all of my various rantings and ravings against content creators. <laughs> I do think that it is wrong to steal their content, <laughs> host it as your own, and to make money off of it. Uh, yeah, I feel like most of your ranting and raving is really more about sort of, like, uh, bad business practices um, yeah. and sort <laughs> of corruption. A bad business practice, <laughs> and perhaps a corruption. <laughs> Although, I've got to say... um. I think that it can sometimes be easier to side with pirates and thieves, uh, as opposed not not as opposed to like the the standard content creator, but as opposed to sort of the you know mega conglomerations of, of various entertainments. Just yeah. that the pirates and thieves, even if they wind up being very big, they rarely do particularly well for themselves. <laughs> because it turns out that when you know like when you're a thief and when your business model is essentially catering to thieves (laughs) not a not a great market uh to leverage (laughs) that's true and so there's there's something charming about you know the, the fact that these various companies can go to take on like you know real massive entertainment industries in a in a semi-serious threatening manner despite the fact that they are not generating value for anyone and are in fact destroying value (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that really applies in this content or context i mean they are are destroying value though right like they are i mean only in like they're not taking on like a large conglomerate like media That's, conglomerate you wouldn't call asmr a monolithic entity john uh, Big no. ASMR. <laughs> i would not you would call- say that they are uh targeting independent artists john they are finally taking on big heather feather <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the one who really needs to get taken out. Yeah. She's too powerful. She's abusing her power. Well, here's the thing, John. I don't think that it's right that 1% of the Heather Feathers <laughs> make 99% of the views. I just don't think. And I don't think that it's right that they make 99% of the Tingles as well. 
It's just <laughs> ASMR inequality. Um, hashtag fight against the 1% of the tingle generators. That's another tweetable moment from this episode. Please tweet at us with hashtag fight against 1% the tingle generators. Uh, <laughs> I do really like Heather Feather. I think she's a very good ASMR artist. And I also really enjoyed her her posts there. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to the main quest. Okay, the main quest today, John, the real meat of the issue. Up till now, this has been but the various entrees and salad and soup, infinite breadsticks. <laughs> but now, now the waiter has come out to you, my dear listener. They've come out carrying a plate loaded down with a cheesy pasta dish. John? In 2018, what cheesy pasta dish are you? I. Uh, what? What the fuck? John! <laughs> what are you doing? John! You don't have to answer. Okay. I'm gonna. So, our, our main quest this week. <laughs> uh, we are so, doing an ASMR artist profile on Creative Calm. Uh, so. <clears throat> Creative Calm is an ASM artist. She's a fairly popular uh, and successful ASM artist. Um, you may also know her by her previous name. Um, she previously went by Innocent Whispers, but changed that back uh, in the summer, I believe, to Creative Calm because she felt it more accurately represented her channel. Uh, so in general, um, she does. She tends to do a lot of role plays. Um, I think that they tend to fall into like one of two very broad categories uh they tend to be either sort of like fairly mundane role plays which i don't mean as like a uh as a knock or like that they're like boring or bad I, I mean that in that like they deal with mundane subjects like you know sort of your medical role plays your um barber salon uh hair role plays your uh getting measured for a fitting, like, for clothes sort of role plays. Like, you know, this is sort of, like, everyday, ordinary stuff. Uh, and then she also tends to do quite a few, um, like, festive role plays. She has other things as well. Like, you know, she has, like, a, a couple sci-fi role plays I saw. Um, but the majority of things tend to fall into either sort of, like, your standard everyday things or um, holiday stuff. That could also just be because I'm looking at her more recent videos and we just got past a bunch of holidays but like more so than pretty much any other asm artist i'm familiar with she got really into halloween and christmas has a lot of videos dedicated to both of those um which i i was i was pretty into even though both holidays have passed i still enjoyed those role plays and do you have anything to to add at this point should well, I keep going? <laughs> so I've been I was I was looking through the Creative Com uh Twitter. And yeah. I will say that in this new year, in the year twenty eighteen, um I would describe myself as a chicken Alfredo, by the way, in the year twenty eighteen. Okay. Um but she she's really been on a big fitness kick, John. Really? And she also occasionally uses very British terms. She does use very British terms. She is British. 
Um, so I guess, you know, if you are someone who, who enjoys British accents, you should definitely check her out because she has a British accent and she definitely uses a lot of British terms in her videos. Mm-hmm. A sample tweet from January 7th went for a walk slash mini run. 30 minutes. Dead. But at least my bottom wasn't sat down. Congrats, bottom. <laughs> I believe in you. And that is paired with a, a gif of Shia LaBeouf saying, do it. Explosion in the rear. Uh, that is, uh, it got very British towards the end there. Very British. As soon as very the bottom comes bottom. into it and the sat down. Mm-hmm. So true. There's another really British seeming one that I ran into, but I've lost it. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, I also uh, came across a couple of like pretty cool collabor or uh, collaborative videos that she had done. Um, she had one from I believe uh, like 2016. So this one's kind of old. Uh, that she did with GB, where uh, it was it was on it's on GB's channel, not. Uh, creative comms uh but it is called asmr accent tag american in parentheses gb versus british in parentheses innocent whispers because this was still while she went by innocent whispers uh it is essentially a video where they take turns saying a variety of different words that uh were specifically chosen i believe because they are generally said quite differently by americans and brits uh in particular uh, there's a list in the description um so a couple examples it has vitamin aluminum um yogurt uh tomato i don't know if that one's actually if that one's generally said differently by british people than it is by americans but yeah uh, so the it's like the british way of saying tomato like a tomato maybe i'm not sure but it's a it's a pretty fun video. Um, I recommend checking it out. And I always do enjoy a nice collaboration. Uh, and then she another uh, kind of cool one that I found. Oops, I opened the same link again. Do I just have the same link twice? I think I do. Well, I fucked that up. Uh-huh. Uh, in any case, uh, another fun one that I found, although I lost the link to it. Uh, it was a video from back in September, I believe. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, because I did not write that down, because I thought I had the link. Uh, but it is a sci-fi-themed roleplay. Um, and in the middle of it, there's a section where it shows a, a selection of different uh, sort of calming... Uh, or you have a, 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 Supposedly, you have an option uh, of different ASM artists that you can choose... Uh, now, of course, you do not have an option. It just continues on to uh, stick with Creative Calm. But it is cool because she she got a bunch of different ASM artists to record little pieces for it. Uh, presumably all ASM artists that she herself is a fan of or is friends with. So you do get to hear the voices of a bunch of different ASM artists and it lists their YouTube channels. Um, so even though you're only getting a very small sample of them, I think it's like a cool way for her to... like introduce her audience to other ASM artists they might be interested in. Mm-hmm. One additional form of investigation that I've done to Creative Calm is looking mm-hmm. into her Instagram account. 
Okay. Now, I would I would call this bleeding edge journalism, in that her Instagram account is, uh, I think, by all by all metrics I can see, about a day old. Okay. Wow. Um, so if you wanna if you wanna sort of get up to date with Creative Commons Instagram account, I'd recommend that now is the time. She's got two <laughs> posts. Okay. Um, the first is a post of her face with her saying that she got an Instagram. Uh, in the Instagram community, pictures of the user's face are typically referred to as selfies. <laughs> the second picture is a picture of a um, bakery window in which you can see some sweets piled up and some gingerbread men. And that is my profile of Creative Comms Instagram account. She's only got 164 followers, so she's still decidedly in the small leagues. But seeing as she's been at it for one day, I think that there's a lot of room to grow here. <laughs> and um, if I was an investor, I would say invest in Creative Comm ASMR uh, or C <laughs> so Ccom ASMR, the Instagram account, because I think it's going up from here. <laughs> Thank you for that hot investment tip, Ian. You've really been on fire with the investment tips today. What can I say, John? I've, I'm a, I'm a born financier. <laughs> so proud of you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I also wanted to add, um, that I, I, so I, I like her videos. I think they're like well produced. Um, and I think she tends to play them very realistically, which I like a lot. Um, she brings a sort of, like, authority to them that feels appropriate to, like, the different videos that she does. On a related note, John, <laughs> I made an attempt to investigate um, Creative Comms, sort of the, the strength of her social media profile. To do that, I've turned to two of our old friends, SocialBlade.com, and FamousBirthdays.com. I am very excited about this return. So SocialBlade.com is, of course, the website which um, collects various metrics about YouTube channels. And presumably, I guess it also covers Twitch and Instagram and Twitter. And her current YouTube grade is a B. Not great, but not terrible either. Um, her view count is sitting at around 1 million per month, and her subscriber count is at around 6,000 a month. It seems like recently, since about, um, maybe June 2017, her monthly view count has been pretty level, which is, you know, of course, always a little concerning, um, for YouTube channels, because you... It's like you're either growing or you're on the verge of dying, right? <laughs> and her monthly subs has certainly taken a nosedive, but it's still in the positive. So she's still gaining subscribers each month. So overall, her YouTube profile, and also, you know, if you level out at around a million views a month, that's not a terrible place to be. Especially no. for something which is more more niche more content. Niche. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's pretty solid. I mean, there's, like, a handful of ASM artists who, like, do have a ton of, um, of subscribers, you know, sort of in the upper echelons. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's, like, pretty common for popular 
ASM artists who are not gentle whispering or ASMR darling or massage ASMR, uh, to have like around a hundred thousand subscribers. And like, that is like, it's pretty solid for ASM artists. Mm-hmm. But the real, the real meat of the issue here, John, is famousbirthdays.com. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only website that can claim to provide a definitive ranking of celebrities on various attributes, primarily their birthdays. <laughs> now, interestingly, uh, when I, when I went to search up Creative Com on Famous Birthdays, I was unable to find her. Okay. But instead found Celestial Com, who is notable as being the, or sorry, Creative Celeste, not even Com in the name. I don't know, I don't know where this is coming from. Uh, Creative Celeste is a YouTube star born May 29th, 2007. She's 10 years old, John. <laughs> and this clued me in to what I think is one of the most fascinating and disturbing categories on famousbirthdays.com. And that is 10-year-old web stars, <laughs> of which there are multitudes. <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to talk about the number one 10-year-old YouTube star she is the 246th most popular person on famousbirthdays.com, the third most popular person born on August 21st. Um, in case you're interested, the first most popular is Cole LeBrant, then Roy Fabito, so all sorts of real, real powerhouses. Bo Burnham was also born on this date, but he's not even in the top 10. Wilt Chamberlain, below Bo Burnham. Interestingly enough, um, Asher Brown Durand. I don't actually know who that is, but it's an old looking guy. So I feel like he must have done something big to get on this website. Princess Margaret. All of these people less famous than Piper Raquel, the 10 year old YouTube star. Uh, but she's actually on YouTube. She's on a website called Musical. Dot ly, also known presumably as Musical.ly, which I tried to investigate, but it turns out there's no proper web portal. It's just a phone app. Yeah, and, you know, what do you think, John, about the fact that there are these 10-year-old stars, 10-year-old titans who have surpassed Wilt Chamberlain in terms <laughs> of celebrityhood? <laughs> um... Seems a little strange, but I guess like you know, child actors have been around for a while, uh, and you know, it, for Kenny the most part, Rogers, it seems like John, it fucks them Kenny up. Kenny so. Rogers is less famous than this ten-year-old, according <laughs> to FamousBirthdays.com, which I think we can all agree is the objective measurement of celebrityhood. <laughs> yeah, I believe that like when we last delved into creative birthday or celebrity birthdays, that was sort of the what what we established is that it is the definitive source for John, who is the most famous. I've been overlooking a big comparison. Usain Bolt is less famous than Piper Raquel, the 10-year-old musically <laughs> star. <laughs> yeah, well, but, you know, Usain Bolt, he's not 10 years old anymore. He's old now. He's, he's 30... old. He's John. basically in the grave. Usain Bolt is six years older than we are. <laughs> oh man, I thought he was older than us. That's unfortunate. Like I yeah. feel a little disappointed in myself. On the but other still, hand, though, John, on we the are other old hand, too, Ian. 
We're practically... We got both feet in the grave. Both they just feet. gotta finish throwing the dirt back on us. John, you know. I'm cold all the time. I'm afraid that I'm actually a a soul trapped in a living corpse, John. We're out of I touch and we're irrelevant. Life. Out of and touch and out of time, John. These new That's kids right. and their their newfangled internet, which we didn't have when we were growing up. They well, just they don't need us anymore. I do worry, John. I do worry that I've fallen out of touch with the teens. <laughs> Because I don't know how to use Snapchat, John. Instagram <laughs> is a mystery to me. Um, and there was, you know, there was, um, what was it called? Yak? Yik Yak. Yik Yak. There was this Yik Yak website, and I was only barely understanding it, and now I think it's old news. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's dead. I've never heard of Musical.ly, and yet that has launched the career of someone more famous than Usain Bolt, the fastest <laughs> man alive. <laughs> I've just got to wonder, John, what are the teens getting up to right now that I just can't even conceive of? Ah, uh, Ian, it's a great question. It is a great question. They're getting up to drugs. But I don't think they are. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Because our cell phones are more addictive than drugs, Ian. It's so true, John. Uh, luckily, I found this great Business Insider article 60 teenagers reveal what they think is cool and what isn't in 2016. Oh, shit, John. That's already old news. <laughs> this is dead. <laughs> Fucking kids love smartphones. They love... They love their phones. Business inside it. They love phones. What are teens' favorite apps, John? Here are their answers. The answer is an image of a teen on a phone. There's no answer. <laughs> This, this this article might have well actually no i'm I'm looking at this more and more and i'm I'm more convinced that um this article is just fundamentally broken in that the teen's answers of their favorite apps is in fact a picture of a teen on a phone uh and do you have anything else to say about creative calm well john i just want to i just want to say that i think creative calm is a great name i think it's got good alliteration and moreover it's got a type of alliteration which enforces the the underlying emotion which it seeks to express. That is calm. I think that there's something calming about the word creative calm. And I think that's clever. In a sort of audio perspective. I agree. Uh, oh, I also should mention real quick, I've been referring to her as Creative Calm this entire time. Her actual YouTube channel name is Creative Calm ASMR, uh, which is not really a surprise. All ASMR artists have ASMR in their name, pretty much. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking for Creative Calm, and all you can find is Creative Calm ASMR, you're in the right place. Uh-huh. Alright, I think it's time to move on to a new segment. A new segment, John? Oh, That's my right. What so this be? is a, a new segment in the podcast uh, that comes after the main quest that is going to be a little different every week. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a segment where, um, you know, uh, we'll trade off, I guess, uh, and one of us will just sort of bring a topic to the table that we were thinking about, that we wanted to discuss. Maybe it'll be a little more a little more philosophical. Maybe it'll be a little off-kilter. Maybe it'll be connecting something to asmr that you weren't expecting i don't know it, it'll it's just sort of a place for us to to bring our musings 
And I don't know that I can agree with this segment, John. It, it doesn't seem to be to my taste. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm currently looking at a comment you left on this Google Doc uh, that says, I like this segment idea. <laughs> well, I also John... think that uh, our listeners um, may be aware of the fact that this is sort of precisely the sort of thing that uh, you would be interested in. But here's the thing, John. Here's what you've got to consider. Yeah. You cannot walk in the same river twice, John. Because the river is different, and you are also different. The man that I was... Ian? January um, 9th Ian? is dead and gone. Yeah, I, I, I gotta cut you off right now, Ian, because it sounds like you're trying to kind of like bring your own thing to the table this week, but we actually already established that this is my week, and I... I sort of prepared something for this segment in this segment designed specifically to appeal to ian's you have taken the reins john well ian i think you've done plenty of taking the reins this whole episode already uh but yes this week it's it's mine it's mine this week ian now this is what i've been thinking about this is Uh what i want to talk about lay out your thesis before me so I want you to, to sort of metaphorically take a look around. You know, you you look at at the news. You look at reality TV shows. You look at YouTube stars like Logan Paul, let's say. Oh, I actually did and, do a little bit of investigation into Logan Paul before this episode. Yeah, to this see what is... he's getting up to. Just a quick diversion, John. Uh, nothing good. That's not a surprise. Not having a good time with it. Turns out you should not post videos of people who have committed suicide to your YouTube channel. <laughs> Doesn't what a surprise. Never would have guessed that that would be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have a little bit of a sort of monologue here uh, I wanted to give, so if you could just, um, you know, so John, sit back and listen shouldn't for a, elicit for a, a response from an active participant. You're, I'm sorry. So you're you're looking around at, at all of these different sort of media sources, and, and what do you see? John, you're listening response again. <laughs> it's a rhetorical question, Ian. You see, assholes. Assholes everywhere. They have taken over every form of media imaginable. A great example. Let's take The Bachelor open parentheses, at close parentheses, family of products. Now this, this is a series of shows purportedly about love, about romantic love between two people, but also sometimes friendships, the friendships that form while these people are going through these trials and tribulations, the sort of unusual circumstances in which they are trying to find a romantic lifelong partner. But, you know, sometimes along the way they they find a new best friend as well. That's what this show is supposedly about, is love. But that's not what we get. What do we get? Season after season, every goddamn time, without fail. Assholes. Every fucking time. They gotta bring in some sort of asshole. Some, like, misogynistic douchebag. Some racist. Some, like, selfish prick. It doesn't, you know, there's a million different variations on it, but there's always some asshole that they've got to bring in. And then they've got to bring in someone else who's sort of like 
a different kind of asshole. They're like your white knight asshole. And you just gotta, like, bash them against each other. Just pair them up, make them fight, and then dedicate all your fucking screen time to these two assholes just going at it. Instead of looking at the love that the show is supposedly about. And why is this? It's because the cynical assholes in charge are thinking to themselves, Ah, what are those dumb assholes who watch this shit wanna see? What do they love? What gets them all excited and titillated? What gets them tuning in and spending money? It's watching assholes. They love assholes. Let's just give them more assholes. Because, Ian, it's an asshole economy that we live in. Hmm. It's no longer about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's not enough anymore. It's all about the assholes now. I mean, People I are sick of it. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll was sort of inherently an, an asshole-driven media culture. People are sick of it, Ian. Sick of it. No sick more, I say. Mm-hmm. And no more the people cry. You go out in the streets and you hear them crying. No more assholes. I do hear them saying that. It's time actually, for a change, Ian. I thought it was kind of weird. The, the the constant echoes of no more assholes being cried upon the wind. But it is, it is yes. It's time for a revolution. Mm-hmm. A revolution, Ian, of a nice people doing nice things. Whoa. And that is what brings me back to ASMR. Mm-hmm. I think one of the the beautiful things, one of the joyous things about ASMR, and what made it work when we, for a brief period of time, we're also talking about the Great British Baking Show, uh, is that these are... Th- this is media about nice people doing nice things. ASMR, it's all about just trying to help you relax. Just chatting quietly, being calm. You know, sometimes they're sharing the things that they love. And that's true of the Great British Baking Show as well. They're just sharing the things that they love. The things that they care about, that bring them joy, sort of just make up their daily lives. It's not about the big drama. It's just about what... Like the the human existence is about humanity at its core, and that's what the Great British Baking Show and ASMR have in common is the humanity. It's just about what we do in our daily lives. It's not about all this petty bullshit. It's not about the assholes. It's beautiful and refreshing. And the ASMR me, Ian, is at the forefront of the Hashtag revolution. ASMR me. No assholes in the ASM army. If you're an asshole in the ASM army, I'm kicking you out. Mm-hmm. Because our new rallying cry is fuck assholes. Well, John, I think that brings up an interesting point. And I would actually, I would perhaps disagree with you. Or I would say there's there's some nuance to this comparison between ASMR and the Great British Baking Show. Ian, are you saying that not everything I said just now is 100% accurate? Not, Are you accusing me of putting on a somewhat, you know, exaggerated ideology for the sake of comedy? No, of course not, John. But Thank I am you. saying that we need to add in sort of degrees of nuance in how we examine the asshole economy. Because I think something we need to recognize is that I think assholes have emerged... Um, because of a sort of conflict between standard narrative expectations in the entertainment which we consume 
and the mechanism by which the entertainment which we consume is generated. Uh, which is to say, we have sort of fairly rigid expectations of the, the, the narrative structures which we qualify as entertainment. You know, you can, you can imagine sort of the traditional sort of narrative structures which you see in an English class or something, right? You've got your, yes. you've got sort of the introduction, you've got rising action, a climax, a denouement, and uh, some sort of conclusion. Yeah. Now that works all well and good when you when you set out to explicitly construct a narrative, or when you are telling some particularly interesting event, which can be structured in such a way. Like you know, I'm thinking of you know sort of historical documents or sort of historical narratives. Yeah. However, um, both the intentional creation of and the exhaustive sort of um, search for quality narrative structures isn't particularly economical, particularly in situations where you can generate a facsimile of these things much cheaper. I think that's, that's, that's what reality television, and that's what a lot of the, um, the, like, you know, 24-hour news cycle is doing. Yeah. A, an almost improvisational generation of entertaining content. Mm. And the issue is, when you're doing any form of improvisation, you need to fall back on certain archetypes, right? Yeah. There needs to be a sort of rigid baseline which you build off of. And I think this grows, this, this necessity to build off of common archetypes grows with the amount of, sort of improvisational material that you produce because inherently you know none of us even even the most brilliant people around that you, you can't be coming up with one hour of creative content for each hour that you put into it right there's oh, got God, to no. be some amount of leverage there's got to be some amount of sort of ratcheting of you know you, you spend a lot of time to come up with some small amount of very entertaining things yeah Absolutely. So, if you you sort of accept that, we're, okay, well, we're gonna have to we're we're gonna have to create sort of subpar entertainment because we're not willing to put in the the requisite amount of time to come up with an entertaining product. When you accept that, I think there are only a couple of ways that you can go about generating something which is which is passable as entertainment, and I think that. You know, sort of, you, you draw this dichotomy between the Bachelor Bachelorette series and the Great British Breaking Show. And I do think there is a dichotomy there. But I think the dichotomy in both cases, and I think the real dichotomy is between things that are generated sort of in this on-demand 24-hour cycle and things that are generated in a more deliberative manner. I don't think that ASMR videos, Great British Baking Show, or the Bachelor Bachelorette, are generated in a deliberative manner. But I think they all represent um, sort of different mechanisms in which you can generate enjoyable things in an on-demand fashion. The Bachelor Bachelorette perhaps takes the least appealing approach, <laughs> uh, in that they basically focus on hitting carnal desires, sort of appealing to maybe sex, drugs, rock and roll, that sort of <laughs> aspect of the human psychology, right? Mm. Where they will introduce, and, and they, they will manufacture 
obvious, repetitive, tiresome conflict. Yeah, oh, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just to just to sort of really hit on this notion, and they'll try to enforce narrative structures in the forms of like, oh, here's the villain, right? Here's the person who tries to take down the villain, and they 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 will they will artificially create narratives in order to try to make it an appealing content. Great British Baking Show, I think, takes a an almost documentarian approach to um, generating on-demand entertaining content. And something which I think is is similar to a variety of other, um, I, I think it's it's similar. You know, perhaps this is a, a shocking parallel to draw, but I think it's pretty similar to like content that you find on food channels. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> and I think that it's also similar to content that you find on like home renovation channels, in that there is there is a a bunch of people who are shown to be masters of some particular craft. And I think, you know, we're, we're, we're naturally interested in people who are masters of different crafts. Yeah. And I think that we're interested in them in part in an aspirational manner. And that things like the Great British Baking Show, show I believe, are successful entertainment products in part because they sell us a version of ourselves which is participating in an interesting craft in a successful manner. And then I think there's some degree of self-insertion going on when you see that. And you, you might think, you know, oh man, that's, that's a very interesting sort of baked good which they've designed. And you might think yourself of, um, of trying to bake that particular good, or how you might fare, or what sort of baked goods you might prepare for the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, that's fair. I also think there's another component of the Great British Baking Show, which, which, dovetails in nicely with the the appeal of ASMR and forms sort of the third dimension of this on-demand <laughs> entertainment structure. And that's just pleasantness, right? Yeah. Where the Bachelor Bachelorette series invokes sort of excitement or arousal, uh, ASMR, the Great British Baking Show, appeal to a... There's this... this this desire for quietude, for peace, for tranquility, for a yeah. general sense of niceness. You know, when when people make small chat with, like, you know, small talk with one another, you don't really see people sort of striving to slash open the jugular of conversation by going to real sort of interesting <laughs> and controversial topics. People just want to get along with one another. Yeah. And they want to sort of go through, maybe maybe not rock the boat too much. And I think that the Great British Baking Show and ASMR both do something in, in the terms of, you know, not rocking the boat, just having a pleasant time. Yeah. And also there's, a, there's another component to ASMR, which is actually a sort of maybe almost medicinal thing, right? Where... You will. You might experience some notable physical sensation. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But the the, yeah, the, the aspect that I wanted to draw attention to is yeah, the sort of this desire for for pleasantness mm-hmm. that they they both elicit, mm-hmm. or that they both like serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I agree that they do both elicit pleasantness. I think that there's. Another aspect of the Great British Baking Show in terms of sort of aspiration. Um, I can see that. 
I do agree that there is there are similarities between ASMR and the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. All right. I think it's time for our final segment. Mm-hmm. We didn't forget about it, listeners. We just moved it to the end. It's the mm-hmm. indulgence corner. Which I think this is kind of derivative, right? I think that we were we were sort of unique in that we had our audience feedback section <laughs> right at the beginning. Uh, but I suppose after a year, we've we've seen that there could be advantages to having it at the end. So we are yeah. falling in line. We're not rocking the boat anymore. That's right. Um, I, th- I think it's a nice way to sort of end on a positive note and you know just leave a little a little a little treat for the listeners at the end. A nice little dessert. So, uh, a couple things that I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say that Lucy of Creative Calm ASMR liked one of our tweets. Yeah. So that was pretty exciting. That is pretty uh, interesting. It's, um, I mean, you know, so, so you didn't like use a hashtag associated with her. So. Yeah, I did not at her or hashtag her. I just used her name in response to, um, one of Danny D's tweets where he, he did at her. Uh, so I believe it would show up in her notifications that someone mm-hmm. had responded to a tweet which, uh, her name was in. Okay, so maybe not that remarkable, but. But, I mean, still, still nice. It still, yeah, no, still certainly. felt good. I was real excited to find out she's a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. A fan of our show. Exactly. She is... Is she our number one fan? No. That's still Danny D. Still Danny D. But Danny D, you gotta watch the throne. Because <laughs> creative comms coming at ya. Um, I also wanted to uh, give a, a shout out to to Cassie. Um, I feel like I, I don't give her enough attention because, uh, you know, normally Danny D gets all of the attention because he's the one who actually tweets at us. Uh, and Cassie doesn't really tweet at us so much, but she does still like a lot of our tweets. She likes them pretty consistently. Uh, so I, I do want to acknowledge her for, for still, you know, following the, the, the tweet, the tweetosphere and, uh, you know, getting engaged, even if it is in a slightly more passive way. But I also can't really throw shade for that because that's how I engage with pretty much all content on the internet. If even that, I usually just look at stuff and don't respond at all. <laughs> so I, I I do appreciate the likes, Cassie. Good looking out. Um, and finally, I wanted to mention our survey uh, that I tweeted about last week. Uh, the survey where we're trying to get listener feedback to try to help uh, us on our mission to become the best podcast in the world about oh, ASMR rather than the second. Sorry, I burped, so I had to possible well i think it, it's um, just sort of dramatic pause it's like are we really looking to be the number one podcast <laughs> it was a dramatic pause brought on by a burp mm-hmm. uh so i i uh, the, those surveys are still open we would love to get more feedback uh from all of you listeners uh and i also would like to give a shout out to the person um who in response to the question are there any topics not listed above that you would like to hear us talk about or want to make sure we never talk about uh, this one person said, nah, I feel like y'all are kicking ass. And I really appreciated that feedback. So thank you very much, whoever said that. Um, Ian looks suspicious. Uh, or he looks like he is suspicious of me? Well, uh, what I'll just say is, 
I feel like there's one person who could have posted that, uh, where it would be a legitimate form of a compliment. <laughs> uh, and my, my concern would be if, if someone had posted that, you know, but they were not actively engaging in all of our carefully crafted content. <laughs> and then, you know, it's, it's sort of a patronizing comment, right? If well, it's not, yeah. if it's non-genuine, then it's patronizing, John. And you know what I feel about patronizing <laughs> comments? How do you feel about them? I mean, you know, I, I, I get where they're coming from. They're just trying to make us feel nice. And that's, that's, that, that can be pleasant in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, you know, even if someone is intentionally trying to patronize, uh, trying to patronize you, if you choose to, uh, accept it as a legitimate, uh, compliment, you know, I think you win. Yeah, I guess you get you get to choose how you respond to things. Yeah, um, and, and I it, choose to respond to that as a po- as positive feedback that I very much appreciate. It makes me feel like a winner, Ian. Well, John, we could all do with a little bit of that in 2018. I see that you're highlighting. Nah, I feel like y'all are kicking ass. Google <laughs> Doc. Uh, that was just sort of aimless clicking with my mouse. Uh, in much the same way that that you used to do all the time when you were reading stuff, uh, in college. I don't know if you still do, but it was definitely... John, I never have, and have not continued to do that at all. Uh, it was definitely a little weird and annoying when we were, like, working on projects together sometimes, and I was trying to read over your shoulder, and you just kept highlighting stuff. (laughs) Well, John, what else are you supposed to do? (laughs) Uh, alright. Well, listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this uh, new, slightly different version of the podcast. This uh, new sort of experimental episode. Let us know what you thought. New format, same great length at about yeah. two hours. Uh, we're going to have a discussion <laughs> with Ian after this. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please reach out to us uh, through email or Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at ASMR underscore quest. You can email us at ASMRquesting at gmail.com. And please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thank you. And keep up those tingles. Oh, shit. It's a new year, new catchphrase. Wow. (laughs) I don't actually think I like that as much. (laughs) Thank you, and stay tingly. That was better. Yeah. (laughs) 